you good tidings. Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied today by my wife, Dorinda Pinkerton. And we are glad to be with you on this beautiful Saturday. This is May the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Wow, the year seems to be flying by. And we're glad that you're tuned in today. Let a friend know. Shoot him a text. Shoot him an email. Give him a call right now. Say, hey, you got to listen to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. We're grateful that you do. We're grateful that you pray for us. We pray for you, and we're thankful to be part of the radio ministry of WXAN Radio here on the windswept hills of Ava, Illinois. If you're listening today by radio, you're listening at 103.9 FM, 103.9 FM. And if you're listening via the Internet, (coughs) excuse me, I'm still dealing with some spring allergies, (coughs) then you're listening via uh, WXAN Radio, WXANradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on Listen Live. WXANradio.com. Listen live. Anyway, it's 11 a.m. Central Standard Time here in the midsection of the country, and we're glad you're tuned in. Today, I want to speak to you from God's Word. Open up the Bible, if you would, to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. We're thankful to be part of the WXAN radio family. Thankful to Brother Dan and Leanne and Will and Mad and Melody, the good folks here. You pray for this ministry, and then you support this ministry, folks. Thank you for those of you that do. Maybe you're looking for a good place to invest in uh, eternal, eternal matters. You couldn't find a better investment than WXAN Radio. So invest. Ask God to uh, speak to your heart about what you can give, but give to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ and the airwaves going forward. The Bible being preached and taught, and the best Christian music this side of heaven coming from the portals of WXAN Radio here in Ava, Illinois. So let your friends know about it and pray for it, okay, and support it. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Now, today I want to deal with a subject that is, is... aimed solely toward Christians, okay? A matter aimed solely toward Christians, and that is the matter of the Christian that God uses. The title today of today's message, The Christian That God Uses. Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Christian that God uses. Someone said that if the Bible was a ring... Folks, then the book of Romans would be the jewel that would be in the center of that ring. 
You see, as sure as night follows day and day follows night, God still lives and the Bible is right. Amen. We are thankful that we have the Word of God, the Bible. We use the King James Version here. We like that. We were saved under it, taught under it. We preach from it. We believe in it. And that's one, the one that we support. So if you listen in, we're glad you're listening in. But get you a good King James Bible and you'll be blessed by doing so. But the Bible is right. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, folks, we're going to pray this morning before we get any farther into this message. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your word. The Bible is, as we know it, infallible, inerrant, inspired. It is your word. And we'll pray now that the Holy Spirit would use this word as a sharp sword, as a scalpel, as a hammer, as a fire to burn out the dross of sin in all of our lives. Make us clean, honorable, honest, and pure and holy in the Lord Jesus. And we pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with thanksgiving, we thank you. Amen. Now, the question is this on this today's message. What kind of person does God use? The sermon title is The Kind of Christian God Uses. But what kind of person or Christian do you think God uses? And then the next question. Listen close. Lean forward in your chair. Is God using you right now? This is what God's got Dorinda and I doing here on the radio broadcast. Is God using you? To what measure is God using you? To what degree is God using you? <clears throat> Do you think God could use you more effectively if you were willing to be used of him, able to be used of him, and ready to be used of him? Folks, a complete surrender to the will of God. Every day, just get up and say, Lord, what is your will for my life this day? Some things you'll know, some things he'll guide you into. Vance Havner said, and I quote, make yourself available and God will wear you out end of quote. Are you available to God, Christian? Are you available? There are two abilities that every Christian has. Listen close. Availability, number one, and number two, dependability. Dependability. But you know the best ability? Availability, first and foremost. Are you available, <coughs> excuse me, for God to use you? Availability, folks, is the first step in a positive, profitable, and productive Christian life. See, you can do nothing for God until you are available to God. Are you available for God to use you, young man, young lady, sir, ma'am? Doesn't matter what age you are. You can be a prayer warrior at every age. Amen. What kind of person do you think God uses? Oh, a handsome person, a beautiful, pretty lady? A witty person, an educated person, a rich person, a poor person, a strong person, a powerful person, a sophisticated person, a prudent or a popular person. You see, God's not looking for beauty, folks. He's looking for brawn. He's looking for someone that will say that knows him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and has been born again. And you're left here on this earth, and so am I, to do something for God. Amen. Are you being used of God? See, God's not looking for education. 
He's looking for dedication. God's not looking for speculation or sophistication. He's looking for total consecration. God's not looking for a high IQ. He's looking for a humble spirit. Psalm 34 and verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. You see, humility is the hallmark of a surrendered life. James chapter 4 and verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Every Christian should learn that the way up is down. So the Christian that God uses, number one, jot these down, would you? The Christian that God uses, number one, God uses the Christian that has one purpose in life. No wiggling, no wavering, no waffling, no getting on course, but someone who will get on course and stay there for God. Nobody can serve God effectively that's divided in their heart or has misplaced affections. Now, you may do a variety of things outside of the ministry, but child of God, you've been redeemed by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ, not of corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain uh, traditions, conversations, traditions received to men, but with the precious blood of Jesus, you've been redeemed. Amen. Now, God has a will and a plan for you. God uses the Christian that has one purpose in your life. What is your purpose, Christian friend? Number one, a general purpose for every one of us as Christians is to find out what God's purpose is for our particular lives. And yours will be different in some ways from others. Some things Christians have the same purposes about, such as evangelism, soul winning, getting the gospel out, Amen. handing out gospel tracts, winning people to Christ. And if you and your church are not doing that, you're backslidden and cold and indifferent. Start winning people the faith in Jesus Christ, Amen. being a witness, knocking on doors, handing out gospel tracts at eateries, through the drive throughs give them to people, hand them to folks, especially panhandlers that are out and about in, in, in more towns today in southern Illinois than I've ever seen in my life since I've lived here 34 years. Hand them a gospel tract if you hand them a dollar bill hand them a gospel tract so we have some generalities as christians that are the same but we have some that are specific now i want to get personal with you okay listen close what is that one great ambition in your life christian why do you want to live what is it that drives you in life christian friend where are you headed in your life young man ma'am sir Young lady, how do you expect to get there? The Bible teaches us very clearly that God has a designed will and a purpose for all of our lives. What is it that's moving you? Is there something in life that you're willing to die for? Now, I'm bold enough to say to you this morning, folks, that if you don't know what you're willing to die for, then you don't know what you're willing to live for. What is the one purpose of your life? Can you say as though the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, 
save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Folks, the cross of Christ is our focal point. We need to live every day and every moment in the shadow of the cross of Jesus. Stay focused upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes, 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now, I want to get personal with you again. What are you doing in your life to glorify God? At school? At home? At work? At play? What are you doing? What are your priorities in life, Christian? What, what is it in your life that matters to you most? Does Jesus mean anything to you? Does Jesus mean everything to you? Can you say with Paul, Philippians 3, 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ? In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's an intimate knowledge. Are you growing in your faith, Christian, in Jesus? Are you being conformed to be more like Jesus, sir, ma'am? Are you? Now, folks, you will never know the power of Jesus' resurrection until you know the fellowship of his sufferings. So what kind of person does God use? Are you that kind of person? Are you the kind of person, the kind of Christian that God uses? I hope so. And if not, ask God to show you what your purpose is and how God can use you. Secondly, I want you to think about this. The Christian that God uses, God uses the Christian that removes all hindrances from his or her life. Now listen close. The Christian life is a race, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I heard that years ago, but now I understand it. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, let us lay aside, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. We have the power to lay it down and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Folks, don't beg God to take some bad habit from you. Listen to this. Just discard it. Lay it down. God says we have the power to do it. Lay it down. In the Lord Jesus' name, lay down the sin that's so easily besetting you. Discard it. If you will, get rid of it. Forsake it. Lay it aside. Get rid of it. You can do it. That power lies within you. You have that power. Don't beg God to take it from you. Just lay it down. Get rid of it. You can do that. The devil tells you you can't. God says you can. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. The power to lay that sin down, to quit that smoking, that drinking, that chewing, that gossiping, that backbiting, that poor bad attitude, that critical spirit, that demeaning spirit you have when you speak to people. You have the power to lay that ungodly ability, that ungodly thing down that weight that's so easily besetting you some of you christians would shine brighter for jesus if you change your attitude you have a horrible despicable attitude that doesn't make people want to be around you doesn't want to pe- make people want to be more like jesus or doesn't want pe- people that's around you don't want to be no more about christ because you're a horrible horrible witness because you got a horrible uh, uh 
attitude. Now, <coughs> excuse me, spring allergies are still with me. What are some of the weights that hinder up, hinder us as Christians from serving God? Number one, pride. Amen. Got Satan kicked out of heaven. Pride did. Proverbs eight thirteen. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. You see, the word resisteth in James 4, 6 means to pull away from. We can pull away from pride if we want to. Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And the first one he mentions is a proud look. You see, Baptist people particularly, because that's a denomination I've been most affiliated with in my life, are the only people in the world who can be who can strut like a tom turkey while they're sitting down. Unbelievable. Some of you preachers that have the power of God on you if you drop your pride, quit trying to show off when you get behind the pulpit and just pray and spend time with God before you get there in a message. Let God cleanse your 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 soul and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Get up there and clear off a place behind the pulpit out of the Scripture and preach the Word of God and quit trying to tickle people's ears and quit trying to placate a bunch of backslidden Christians and a bunch of sinners. Get up there and tell them, Thus saith the Lord, and do it in the spirit of spirit of truth in the bond of peace and do it in the spirit of love but tell them the truth quit strutting around there's nothing special about you if all of us got what we deserve we'd all been dead and in hell a long time ago but god forgave us of our sins cleansed us because of the blood of jesus being a being given to us when we trusted him by faith as savior drop the pride secondly What's one of the weights that's stopping some Christians from serving God? Well, the first one is pride. The second one is jealousy. Jealousy has shattered more dreams, broken more hearts, and busted up more homes and more ministries than anything else. The Song of Solomon, verse chapter 8, verse 6. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Dr. J. Frank Norris used to say, and I quote, If you are jealous of another person, one of three things is true about you. Number one, that person knows more than you know. Number two, that person has more than you have. Or number three, that person can do more than you can do. End of quote. Folks, get rid of jealousy. It'll tear you up. It'll tear up your heart, your home. It'll break up your marriage. It'll bust up your ministry. It'll cause you to be, uh, it'll cause you to live a careless, reckless life instead of the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Another weight that stops many Christians or God from using many Christians that we need to lay aside is not only pride, not only jealousy, but thirdly, it is bitterness. A lot of bitter Christians in the world today. I understand it. I have had to deal with this. Someone's offended you. Guess what? Get over it. So what? So what? Now what? Get over it and move on. If you go to church very long, you'll get offended. If you're in the world very long, you'll get offended. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Quit being a snowflake worried about your own feelings. 
Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. He was offended every day, and he kept going. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let us let all bitterness and wrath and anger <coughs> and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Why? Bitterness will destroy you. The person that you're bitter at is not affected. It's like acid in the cup. Acid in the cup eats up the inside of the cup. The person that you're bitter at could care less. They don't even know about it, probably. But it's eating you alive. Lay it aside, Christian friend. Let God cleanse you from the bitterness. So pride, jealousy, bitterness can stop you from being used of God. Christian, what's another weight and a sin that doth so easily beset Christians from being used of God? Number four, vengeance. Vengeance. Someone has said, and I quote, I'm going to get even with that person if it's the last thing that I do, end of quote. Well, it may be the last thing you do, friend. Let God take care of it. That's his business. Amen. The Bible teaches us very clearly in Romans 12 and verse 19, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Amen. Let God take care of it. That's his business. He said he'd take care of it. Now let God take care of it. You'll make a mess out of it anyway, make it worse than it really is, and you'll destroy yourself trying to get even with other people. Many churches could have revival today if the Christians and the brothers and the sisters and the members that are in that church would get right with God and then get right with their brother and sister. But no, they're trying to get back at one another. They went to church forever and a day together. They irritate each other. And instead of being spiritual, they get mad and bitter and angry and vengeful toward that other. And God wants to give revival in the heart, but he can't because the weight of vengeance is besetting that person from being used of God and that church from being used of God. What about this? Number five, another weight and a sin that stops Christians from being used of God that we need to lay aside is an unforgiving spirit. Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Folks, someone's lied about you. Someone's tried to destroy you. Someone's hurt you. Someone's caused you pain. And sometimes... We get in the Peter club, if you will. When Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive? In other words, Peter wanted to forgive as many times as he needed to, and then he's going to go over and bash him over the head if need be. But the attitude of Peter was what Jesus was correcting when we say the Peter club. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22 clarify. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times. Verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Folks, it's an infinite number Jesus was giving him. He was telling him. Now, seven is the number of absolute completion in the scripture. And 70 times seven, yeah, it does equal 490 times. But the point is this. If you're counting how many times you have to forgive till you get to that point, if you're counting, you're not forgiving. Amen. 
Folks, if you were face-to-face with God, what would you say to the Lord when he said about your besetting sin? Many of you want to be used of God. <coughs> you want to be revived in your spirit to be greater used of God. But you got an unforgiving spirit. You're vindictive. You're filled with bitterness. You're filled with jealousy, and you're filled with pride. Lay it aside. Get rid of those sins which which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. First John one nine. If we confess those sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let God use you. Life is short. Your life is coming to a completion. Jesus is coming soon. Let's be used of God, filled with the Spirit, preaching the gospel of Jesus, handing out gospel tracts, winning souls, doing ministry in the name of Jesus. But for whatever you're doing, for Pete's sakes, tell people about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Hand out tracts about Jesus. Don't talk about giving food out and water out. That's all good and proper. But Have you told anybody about Jesus lately? This past week, I was in the great city of Carbondale getting ready to go to an appointment that I had. Had to stop at one of my convenience stores. As I did, there was a a man outside the the store in a wheelchair. Very nice man. I made eye contact with him. When I came outside the store from doing my business, uh, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I gave him a gospel tract. And I said, Sir, can you read? He said, Yes. I said, Then read this. This will tell you how to know for sure that if you die today, you're going to heaven. I don't have anything else I can give you, but this is the greatest thing I can give you, sir. And he looked to me and he said thank you for taking time to share that with me i will read that god will put people in front of you if you'll be a faithful witness 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 for for jesus folks now i'm going to have to close because time's escaping us proverbs 14 10 the heart knoweth his own bitterness lay down these sins confess them get cleansing from god now be used of god be a witness be sweet as a husband and a father in your home as a wife and as a as a mother as a grandmother, be sweet on your job. Be salt that savors. Be light that radiates this week for the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do with those besetting sins, Christian? Admit it to yourself. Confess it to God and forsake it. Do it now so God can use you. This has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast. And this is Pastor David Pinkerton alongside of Dorinda Pinkerton, sharing the Word of God with you over the airways of WXAN Radio. God bless every one of you. Thanks for listening. Hey, wear a smile. Jesus is coming soon. God is in control. Prayer changes things, and all things are possible to you that believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Until next time. Oh, yes. He's finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir. So fear not, fear not, I'll bring you. Yeah, yeah.